Welcome back to the Clean the Stage podcast, episode 82. What? <laughs> I'm Angela Lucier. I'm your host. I'm also an author, speaker, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. You can find us at speakersisterhood.com. And the Clean the Stage podcast is all about helping women who want to discover, awaken, and create their voice through the art of public speaking. So if that sounds interesting to you, you are in the right place. Congratulations. On today's episode, I'm interviewing Ed Everts. Ed is an interesting guy. He is all about helping speakers and entrepreneurs and professionals and executives to build their career through raising their visibility and value. In fact, he wrote a book about it, Raise Your Visibility and Value, Uncover the Lost Art of Connecting on the Job. And in today's episode, we cover his seven visibility accelerators. And when he and I were setting up this episode, he shot those over to me through email and he's like, what do you think of these? And I was like, yes, these are perfect. These are so amazing because today's episode is all about how to be known as a public speaker. And a great way to do that is to build visibility for yourself. And as a speaker, you probably know getting up on stage is the best way to build build visibility, but there are so many other ways to do it. So in today's episode, we're going to cover all seven of those accelerators and Ed's going to share some stories, some tips and get you started. And the best piece of advice I can give you right now is to write down what he says and then go with the top one or two things that you really want to try first and then get going. And, and he gives some of the mistakes that people make when they're trying to follow his advice. So he'll, he'll sort of mirror what I'm saying here is like, don't try to do everything. And he also shares some other really helpful tips so that you can be successful while building your speaking business. So without further ado, I introduce you to today's guest, Ed Everts. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Claim the Stage podcast. I'm Angela Lucier, as you know, and today I am here with a special guest, Ed Everts. We are talking about the seven steps to be known as a public speaker. I want to welcome you all to the Glitter Closet for episode 82. Before we jump into the interview, I want to share a little bit about Ed. Ed Everts is an author, speaker, and leadership coach, and his newest book, Raise Your Visibility and Value, Uncover the Lost Art of Connecting on the Job, helps business professionals, folks in transition, and independent consultants raise their visibility with key stakeholders and raise their value in their organization and industry. In addition to speaking about this topic across the U.S., Ed is a leadership coach working with successful senior leaders in ways that helps them be more successful. Ed, welcome to the show. Thanks, Angela. I could not have introduced myself any better. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I'm very excited about your topic here today because I'm often asked by new speakers how they can be known. How do people find them? How do they brand themselves? And that's what we're going to talk about here today. How do you build more visibility for yourself if you're interested in getting speaking gigs? So before we jump into your awesome advice, how did you get into this field? So I've been in uh, human resources for the majority of my career. I worked at some of your favorite former retailers, uh, George Marsh, Leachmere, and Filene's. And uh, of course, they're all gone at this point, but spent a number of years there and then spent 10 years or so at a records management company called Iron Mountain and left there in 2008, decided to transition to my own independent practice, doing leadership coaching, speaking, and writing. And uh, I've been doing that until today. 
Awesome. So why do you spend so much time talking about visibility? So this you know, comes from really a couple of areas. So one area is my own experience as a corporate leader. Uh, a very true story. I was hired at Iron Mountain by a corporate leader. That person retired and a new corporate leader came in and within minutes of meeting me, and I'm probably exaggerating, it was probably 30 seconds, she said, you know, I don't hear a lot about Ed Everts at this organization. And that stunned me for a couple of reasons. One was she just met me. I mean, she just literally had just met me. And two, she'd only been there like uh, two or three days. And yet her earliest conclusion of me was that I was somewhat invisible in an organization in which I had been at for 10 years. And I thought I was highly visible. I thought I was, you know, the savior of the day. I thought I was somebody everybody knew. I had been there when it was a much smaller company and it had grown to be a much larger company. So, you know, that's really when it first started for me, this thought about, you know, how do I be more visible with key stakeholders, boards of directors, you know, senior business leaders. And then as I transitioned to my own independent practice doing coaching, uh, it was a very recurring theme from my clients. And you know, I wish I had a nickel for everybody who, as we were doing an intake meeting or first talking about what their objectives were, said, you know, I need to be more visible. And it sounds ironic today because between LinkedIn and glass offices and open workstations, you would think people are highly visible. And yet it really hasn't helped. People still don't feel as visible as they would like to be within their organizations and industries. That's why I found public speaking to be such an amazing skill set and marketing vehicle. Because when you're standing on a stage, you're the most visible person in the room. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you can automatically be seen as a leader because you're standing in front of people, sharing information, adding value, giving your expertise. And it really helps to not only build your visibility, but also build your credibility. And I think those two things go hand in hand. So I'm sure you have thoughts on that, right? Like how can you kind of do, do both of them at the same time? Well, I think you're right. You know, and that's one of the things I love about the seven visibility accelerators are that you can apply them in just about any situation. So the, the classic mode is uh, within your own organization. How can I be more visible with key stakeholders, et cetera? And yet, as you're looking within uh, special functional areas like public speaking, you know, leadership, training, you know, all different in uh, subtle ways and, and some significant ways, you still need to be visible within that audience. And as you're standing up in front of a group of people, whether it's five people or 500 people, people expect you to be the authority and have the credibility that you need in order to convey whatever it is that you're attempting to convey and ensure they leave the room with two or three items or behaviors or actions that they know they can take in order to be more successful. Absolutely. Well, I want to say hi to everyone watching on Facebook right now. If you have any questions for Ed as we go through this conversation, post it in the comment box and I'll be sure to ask it before our conversation is over. And Ed, you just mentioned your seven visibility accelerators. So today as we talk about building a brand as a speaker, I want to get into those seven visibility accelerators and what they are and why they matter. And before we do, I want to know how did you come up with those? So, uh, you know, kind of another true story. I was uh, writing my book at a beautiful Panera bread in Burlington, Massachusetts, where I spent most of my time writing. And, uh, you know, originally the visibility accelerators were going to be one chapter. And so I was going to write a chapter around, hey, how to be more visible. 
And, you know, almost instantly it dawned on me that, you know, wow, this isn't one chapter. This is the book. You know, the book are these seven behaviors and activities that if you do some of them more often, your likelihood of being more visible within your organization would be increased. And so I ultimately transitioned from writing one chapter to seven chapters, each focused on each of the visibility accelerators, including uh, what they are. And at the end of each chapter, there are certain behaviors that I've observed people doing that might not be helping and ways that you can uh, challenge or modify that behavior in ways that can help. And the goal is for everyone who reads the book to be able to create their own you know, visibility accelerator plan to say, hey, here are the two or three things I'm going to be doing in order to be more visible within my organization or for the participants today who are listening who are speakers uh, in industry, right? Certain industries that I might be approaching. Some speakers are very focused on a particular topic. You know, other speakers are very focused on particular industries and you want to be as visible as possible in those industries. I love the idea of creating a plan because you could probably make yourself crazy trying to show up everywhere. So by having a couple little things on your list that you can really focus on, you could probably be more effective. And I also love that you just added in a little hidden gem in that story and sharing that you had a different plan for your book. And while you were writing it, a new book emerged from it. And I think that's really important for our, our listeners to hear because we have a lot of speakers who listen to the show who are interested in writing a book and they get really caught up in having a structure, sticking to the plan, doing what they set out to do. But you left the the, pro, the the process open to allow for something else to come out of it and to be flexible and recognize that sometimes when you put your content on paper, it can change as you go. And as you start to like develop it, you see, oh, the book that I meant to write is actually very different from the book I'm right. writing. So that's a really great tip to not be so married to it up front, but to like let the process reveal what you're trying to say. So I want to jump into your seven visibility accelerators. Your first one is introduce yourself. That sounds easy enough, I think, maybe. Tell us about that. It's not that easy, right? Uh, you know, somehow along the way, and, you know, the book, of course, goes into each of these topics in much greater detail than, you know, we'll have time to do today. But, you know, some time along the way in human history, we went from not introducing ourselves to introducing ourselves very formally to not introducing ourselves extremely well. And, you know, I think we see this oftentimes at speaker events where you sit uh, in a row or you sit at a table and people go right to their iPhone. You know, they sit down and they take out their iPhone and they don't say hi to people at the table and they kind of go into this, you know, iPhone zone where they don't want to be bothered or disturbed. And, uh, you know, that's just a, a classic example of people not introducing themselves well. So, you know, the first visibility accelerator I started with was one that I think everyone could be a little bit more present with. And, you know, presence is such a key word with visibility, which is taking time in advance of your speech, in advance of your presentation to just take a couple of minutes to think about, you know, who am I? What am I doing? How do I want to convey myself today and really build yourself up well, including, you know, making sure that I introduce myself really, really well. And some people, as I talk about in the book, are avoiders. They uh, are very uncomfortable introducing themselves. They avoid it at all costs. Some people are fumblers. They try to do it, but don't do it well. They say their name too quickly or they speak down and don't look at the other person. Eye contact is so important. And others are introducers. You know, they take five to 10 seconds to introduce themselves very, very effectively. And, you know, when you introduce yourself as well, it's a great way for folks to remember your name more effectively, which, of course, is part of the goal is for people to remember 
who they've met. And of course, you want them to remember you. Definitely. So tip number two is to be accessible. How do you do that? So accessibility is a little bit of a, has a relationship with the third visibility accelerator, which is being responsive. And I kind of think of it like a uh, revolving door, that you always want to ensure that you are accessible in ways that can help people move forward, as well as be responsive. You don't want to be a person that's highly accessible, that people never get an answer or you never get back to them. Uh, you know, you always want to keep that revolving door uh, moving forward. Uh, and so the more accessible you are to people who are reaching out to you for speaking engagements, for uh, speaking opportunities, uh, for training uh, opportunities, et cetera, you want to ensure that you're always highly responsive, you know, skipping to the third visibility accelerator and getting back to them uh, on a uh, recurring basis, right? So I've got kind of the 24 to 42-hour uh, rule that you want to get back to people within a day to two days. Corporate America is filled with people who never get back to people. And we hear these stories all the time. You know, I reached out to so-and-so and I never heard back. You know, they never even took two seconds to get back to me. And I lead a group of people on a weekly basis who are in job transition. And one of the recurring themes they talk about is the fact that they've reached out to people, friends, neighbors, even family members who don't get back to them as quickly as they think they should. So you know, being accessible to people and then also being responsive to them is kind of a revolving door behavior that everybody needs to do in order to be more uh, visible. Do you have any tips for making those follow-ups easier to remember, especially if you are someone who's really busy? Sure. You know, technology is a huge help. So oftentimes if clients need to remember something, I'm a big fan of short-term memory tricks because in the short term, if you can remember it, your likelihood of remembering it long term is greater. And so using technology to remind you of certain things, either on a daily or weekly basis, uh, there are ways to have messages pop up on a daily basis, etc. It's a great way. And it can pop up on your phone. It can pop up on your laptop just to remind you of something that's very important. And it can be your own tip. You know, no one knows you better than you. And so who better to give you advice on things that you want to work on than you? So it might be a tip that says, uh, remember to introduce yourself today to people well. It might be get back to people within 24 hours. Now, I know people don't get people who don't get back to people, it's not all their fault, right? Corporate America is very busy, and most people get hundreds of emails a day, and they just don't have the time to get back to people as often as they would like. But you know, little technology-based uh, memory tools are great ways to help you, you know, navigate through this as uh, well as possible. You're making me think of a woman I know who is very accessible. I see her at a lot of events. I see her on, on social media. She's promoting things. She's always very friendly. She always introduces herself when I see her. And she'll often say to me, oh, you need to meet so-and-so. I want to introduce you to this person. She never follows up. And when I email her, I never <laughs> hear back from her. And it's so frustrating. And yeah. I love her. And I think she's great. But she is not responsive at all. And so I don't introduce her to people in my network. I don't go out of my way to help her because I know that like she's, I'm just never going to hear from her again. It's so frustrating. So I think it's great that you coupled be accessible with be responsive because you're right. Those two things go hand in hand. Number four is interact with others. Talk about that. Yeah. So interacting with others is more of one-on-one -on -one interactions with people, again, in your organization and uh, industry. And so, uh, you know, ensuring that if you are going to be accessible and responsive, 
that you're creating opportunities to help people make progress in whatever reason they reached out to you for. You know, typically when someone reaches out to you, it's because they have a problem that needs solving or they need a, you know, uh, an answer to a question, whatever it might be, and they will continue to reach out to you if you're responsive. If you're not responsive like your friend, it's, you know, turnarounds, fair play, they're going to stop reaching out to you, or even worse, in corporate America, they're going to go around you and stop coming to you and start going to somebody else, and your visibility is going to be hindered because you're not making those connections. So, you know, interacting with others is really the, the degree to which you engage one-on-one with individuals in your organization. And I would tell for people who are looking to build a, a speaking career, you know, early stages, the answer is always yes. If someone wants to meet you, someone wants to talk with you, you know, I don't care if they are, you know, so low on the totem pole that you don't think it might be worth it, always answer yes. Because you want to build the reputation in the marketplace that you're highly accessible and you love interacting with people one-on-one. You know, this is a behavior that doesn't happen as much in organizations as it should and typically with uh, individuals and their boss. So individuals and their boss don't meet as often as you and I might think they do. I have had clients who see their boss maybe a half hour a month. I'm like, did you just say month? And they're like, yeah, a half hour a month we get together. And, you know, that is just not enough time to be visible and to kind of stake your claim in your organization. Number five is participate with a purpose. That sounds interesting. So participate... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Uh, you know, participate with the purpose has to do with the kind of the opposite. So interact with others is one-on-one interactions, which are great ways to build relationships and move tasks forward to understand other people, etc. You know, p- participate with a purpose is now kind of one to many. So you know, uh, organizations and industries have conventions, they have uh, affiliation group meetings, things of that nature, and. Everyone who is self-employed or looking to make a career as an individual needs to ensure that they participate in a number of industry associations to raise their visibility. You need to get out there, connect with people, speak with people. And oftentimes, you know, connecting with people is largely about practice. You know, what we have in our head as how we introduce ourselves or what we talk about oftentimes does not come out of our mouth the same way. And we'll sit there and say to ourselves, you know, God, I sound like a, a dope or I'm not saying what I thought I would say, right? And uh, through practice, through participating with a purpose and speaking with organizational, uh, you know, at organizations and with groups is a great way to practice whatever it is that you are wanting to do and how you want to do it. It's a great way to meet people like your colleague who if she had gotten back to you, right? It's a great way to meet other people and continue on the journey of, uh, you know, making a name for yourself. Yeah, and I like defining networking as participating with a purpose rather than going out and trying to sell yourself, even though I think if you do a lot of networking, you know that's not what it's, a lot of, what it's really about. But if you're new to networking, it can feel like all you're doing is doing elevator pitches and having these sort of superficial conversations. But if you think about it as participating with a purpose and trying to bring value to other people and looking for ways to get involved, I think it takes away a lot of the pressure and a lot of that feeling of like you're a used car salesman. Yeah, you know, wherever... <laughs> Wherever I am today, professionally, I owe tremendously to networking. So I am a huge fan of that. Yet, I also believe that as the world continues to evolve, that we need to keep evolving. And so for me, raising your visibility is the new networking. 
And so networking is one of many activities you can do uh, because you need other things happening that help you raise your visibility you know, beyond just networking. So I love networking. I value networking. And yet raise your visibility is kind of at a higher level. And, you know, networking, which is one of the key activities associated with it. Gotcha. So number six is engage with industry associations. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a huge one for people in the, the public sector or people looking to uh, have their own independent practice or be a great speaker, which is really joining and being a member of industry association groups. Uh, you know, I tell folks that I work with that in, for example, the Boston area, every day, Every day, there are dozens of opportunities to go out and meet people, professionally hosted events, you know, some better than others, but you don't know until you go. Uh, but you know, everyone needs to join and be a member of at least two to three professional organizations that they can get to know people and talk and talk about what they're doing. Uh, a number of business opportunities that have been created for me have come from meeting somebody at an event who said, wow, you know, it sounds... Like what you're doing is a little bit similar to what I'm doing. You know, maybe we could connect. So we got together and had a cup of coffee. And next thing you know, we have a client assignment where we're working together, et cetera. That would not have happened had I not worked to raise my visibility by being very present at industry association meetings. I also talk in the book about uh, actively participating, right? So it's not just going to the member meetings, but you really want to be visible. You want to potentially join the board or be a panel speaker, right? There's other things that you can do at these industry events that can help you be increasingly visible. And uh, you know, the last thing I would say, you know, Angela, is that oftentimes when people uh, are employed, they shut down. They don't participate in events, they don't get out because they're so focused on their work and their personal life, they don't find time to do this. And I really strongly encourage all people, whether you're employed or independently working to make a career that you stay very active with these uh, organizations. Yeah, that's a huge piece of advice and so important because you don't want to be in a desperate situation and have no network and no credibility in these industry associations. And you walk in the door and the first thing you do is ask for something instead of having those relationships in place. I couldn't agree more. So the seven yeah. and five. Yeah, I, can I just uh, throw something in just quickly? Oh, sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. So that happened to me. So when I left Iron Mountain, I joined a networking group and I had not done hardly any networking at all. I was not a member of any organizations. I went to a networking group meeting. There were 25 fellow senior HR leaders in the room. And uh, I'm not sure if I had told you this story previously, but guess how many of them I knew? Zero. Zero. Good answer. Not one. And I still remember going home to my wife and saying, you know, I'm in trouble. You know, this, is a, this was 2008 when the economy had collapsed. And uh, that's why there were so many people in the room. And I didn't know one of them. And it's for that exact reason you mentioned earlier that I just didn't participate. And then I suddenly needed it and it wasn't there. And so I had to start from square one of now making relationships with these people, getting to know them, drank a lot of coffee, went to a lot of uh, you know, coffee shops, et cetera. Um, in a much different place today than I was 10 years ago, but it was a real eye-opener for me as it pertains to raising my visibility, because at that point, I was invisible. Yeah. People often say to me now, it's like you know everyone. 
And I'm like, that's a really nice compliment because I actually work really hard to meet a lot of people. It's not like I just came out of the womb with a huge network. You know, I ha- I actually like <laughs> put a lot of effort into meeting people and like setting up coffee meetings and going to events and speaking. And so when people say that to me, I'm like really proud of that comment. Cause I'm like, that that's good. Like people notice that I actually like put a lot of time and, and energy into this. Great, so, great. The seventh and final visibility accelerator is manage your reputation. Let's talk about that one really quickly. Yeah. So look, reputation is everything. And uh, most people do not spend any time managing their reputation professionally. They, they think they do, but in reality, they have not done some very basic things. So, you know, for everybody who's listening, I would encourage you to take some time to create your reputation statement, which is, you know, who do I want to be in the marketplace? You know, what words or phrases do I want people to use to describe me? Because when you have those words and phrases, you can then create behaviors to support them. Absent of a reputation statement, you're out there being a a nice person, you're out there doing good work, but you're not potentially building the reputation that you want to have. And again, in the book, there's a section where you can go in and build your reputation statement. There's uh, a set of words you can use to help you you jumpstart your thinking in respect to, uh, you know, the reputation that you might want to build. But, uh, you know, most folks don't spend enough time thinking about their reputation. It is so core to who we all are. And, you know, when we think of public speaking, you know, oftentimes people, when they describe a public speaker, will do so fairly briefly, but they're kind of describing my definition of your reputation, right? Wow, she was a really great speaker. She was really knowledgeable, right? They're using these particular words. I'm not sure those are the words that I want people to use to describe me as a public speaker. So, you know, one tip I would give uh, the audience is to take some time to think about, you know, what is my reputation statement? How do I want to be known? in the industry as a public speaker? And then uh, what do I do professionally to honor that so I can ensure that when people do describe me, they're using the words and phrases that I would want. I love that. So you gave us seven really great starting points for building visibility. What kind of mistakes do you see people make when they're trying to follow your advice? So there's some classics, right? So there's, you know, I haven't been brilliant enough to give them great names yet, but you know, I would call one the false starter, right? The person who says, wow, this is fantastic. And you know, it's kind of like people who go back to the gym in January, right? They're all gung ho and they go to the gym and uh, build themselves up, et cetera. And then by February, they're not doing it at all. And even in coaching, I would tell you that most of my clients, while I leave them in a good place, you know, I still believe because our engagement has ended, they're missing the uh, accountability partner to hold them accountable for what it is that they said they were going to do. I believe as another tip that if there's anything any of us need more than anything else, it's an accountability partner. It's somebody who can check in on a recurring basis, not often, but just recurringly to say, hey, last time we met, you were gonna work on these three things, how's it going? And if you've achieved them, great, what's next? If not, why not? And are they still important? But, you know, what are the next three things? And what are the next three things, right? So, you know, I guess one is kind of the false starter who, uh, you know, attempts to do them but then doesn't. Mm -hmm. The second would be somebody who attempts to do them all. And, again, when I work with clients, I tell them, you know, two or three things tops is what you should be working on. You can't do seven things new that you've never been doing before and try to do them all well. So pick the two to three that work best for you and do them wonderfully and you'll build your confidence. I love that advice. And just 
to piggyback on the accountability partner advice, what I've learned in my experience is you have to be really discerning about picking an accountability partner. Because if you pick someone who's not as enthusiastic as you and they don't want to do the work, and but you do, it's really hard to 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 like want to check in with that person because they're not getting things done and you are, and then there's like weird feelings. Or vice versa. <laughs> so finding someone who has the same energy level as you, I think is really important. Have you seen the same thing? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I have had uh, accountability partners who have failed uh, by the second time, right? So they check with you the first time. Hey, this sounds great. Let's do this, whatever. And then nothing. And, you know, if you ever have to be the one to reach out to your accountability partner, it's failing. Because they're the ones who should be reaching out to you because that's their role. Right. So I totally agree with you. Not everyone is well situated. And so what you want to do is talk with them a little bit about what you're looking for. You want to be very specific because you're not looking for you know, life advice, but you're looking for very specific. Hey, my goal is when I'm public speaking that I do X. Can you let me know if I do X? And if I do, when and what, how did it impact you? If I didn't, you know, did you see any opportunities where I could have? You know, that type of thing. Uh, but, you know, uh, for everybody who wants to be successful in whatever it is that you're attempting to do, finding someone who can hold you accountable is a true key to success. Absolutely. So we're going to jump into the lightning round questions I ask every guest, and these are just short answers to five questions. So Ed, what does success mean to you? So for me, success is having people leave an interaction with me different than how they started. Do you want short answers? What was that? Do you want short answers? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Number two, why is it important for more women to speak up? Well, you know, uh, today, uh, more than ever, we are seeing a groundswell that's long overdue of uh, everybody in our culture uh, ensuring that their voice is being heard. And, you know, whether it's women or minorities or whoever it might be, uh, it is a time long overdue. Number three, if you were given an extra $100 per week, what would you do with it? I don't know the answer to that question, Angela. Um, you know, I think I would uh, I'd probably invest it in my business to ensure that I can continue to help change people's lives. Number four, what's your favorite word and what does it taste like? So my favorite word is not a word, which is irregardless. And it tastes <laughs> terrible. So as a public speaker, I hate it when people say irregardless. My wife even bought me a magnet for the refrigerator that says something about, you know, irregardless not being really a word. Oh, my God. Does it taste like maybe like rotten food? Yeah, it's rotten. It's terrible tasting. <laughs> Number five, what does it mean to you to claim the stage? Well, it, it, it provides me an opportunity to help people see things in ways differently than they are today. You know, we all have a narrative that we tend to follow whether we know it or not. And I would want to help influence the narrative that you follow in ways that helps you. Awesome. Now, you wrote the book, Raise Your Visibility and Value, Uncover the Lost Art of Connecting on the Job. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that book and where we can get it? Sure. So uh, the book really has two main sections. The first section we've talked about a lot today, which is raising your visibility, and it has a seven visibility accelerators and there's a section in each chapter where you can craft your own ideas and thoughts and you know I know as a big business book reader as you can see I uh, loved books that gave you uh, actions and tasks and behaviors that you could do 
to consider because not everybody can do everything, but to consider in order to make a difference. And so, the, you know, the book and the seven invisibility accelerators include all of that. Uh, if you are going to be more visible, you have to ensure that you're also providing more value. You know, nobody wants to be the person who everybody knows, but nobody knows what they do. You want to be the person everybody knows and everybody knows what you do. And so uh, the second section of the book talks about how to raise your value and how to provide greater value to your organization and industry. And this is very applicable to public speaking because you want to ensure, you know, whatever it is that you're talking about, that it's providing your audience greater value. And it might be a company audience. It might be a public audience, whatever it might be. You know, what is your audience looking for and how do you ensure what you're talking about is helping to satisfy that need? Mm-hmm. So the book is available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And you can also uh, you know, go to my website, which is uh, Excelius.com, E-X-C-E-L-L-I-U-S.com. And click on the link there and it'll take you to one of those spots and you can... Uh, order the book and start looking for ways that you can raise your visibility and value. I think that's great. You gave us a really amazing outline of those seven uh, visibility accelerators today that everyone listening to can go back and listen to again and start making their list and then pick up the book and then you can get more information on how to make those interactions and those opportunities more valuable and more targeted to your own goals. So Ed, thanks so much for coming on the show today and sharing your expertise and your stories and Everything is just great. I think this is such a helpful conversation for new speakers, and I really appreciate you coming on today. Thanks, Angela. It was great being here. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Ed. Isn't he great? So much helpful information there. You can find him at excelsius.com and more about his book at Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. And I will also post links in the show notes so you can get more information about him. And if you're interested in becoming a stronger speaker, building your confidence on stage and being connected to a cool and amazing community of women, check out the Speaker Sisterhood. We're at speakersisterhood.com and we have community and virtual clubs where you can start practicing public speaking alongside like-minded women and go on an amazing, amazing journey of self-discovery through the art of public speaking. Again, find us at speakersisterhood.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on iTunes as more people can find the show that way. We are, um, we have so much more coming up. I'm so excited to be introducing a new series that goes behind the scenes of the Speaker Sisterhood where you will get to hear speeches by our members and these speeches will blow your mind. (laughs) I can't wait to share all of that and more in March. And for now, I'm just going to leave you with one of my favorite things to say. You might know what it is. Stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.